Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writer, director, and producer for EO, Jersey Skolomowski. Jersey, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today about your newest film, EO, which has been making its rounds across all the film festivals, uh, also winning a prize over at Cannes where it premiered. Uh, Just want to first of all say thank you and also thank you for such an amazing film. Thank you for your kind words. Absolutely. Uh, I was I was really sad I, when I was at New York Film Fest, which is where I saw the movie, and they said that you weren't there due to uh, health issue. I just want to make sure are you are you doing okay? Is everything going all right? You mean right now? Yeah, definitely. I was they, just checking if I am suitable for the transatlantic trip. Right, right. Because I had some heart problems, and uh, the doctors were worried. But uh, they didn't find anything wrong. They will process, of course, all their findings. But I think the final decision will be okay. Sure. Uh, But your film EO has traveled and played all over the world, uh, much like how its main protagonist travels across uh, Poland and goes on this very personal yet epic journey. What was it about this story that drew you to it? Because it is such a interesting concept to tell a story from the point of view of an animal. Well, first of all, I have my co-writer, 
Eva Piaskowska, mm-hmm. who is not only co-writer, but also a co-producer, and my wife as well. <laughs> so, um, of course, we have enough time to discuss the things. And one of our topics when we were talking about films was the fact that both of us were fed up with so-called linear narration. Okay. You know, most of the films, more than 99%, I guess, are executing this storytelling, which, you know, shows are the characters and, you know, within this famous three-act structure, there is a first conflict and this solution and then and then another conflict and another solution mm-hmm. we know it by heart i have a tendency that when i go to the cinema after 10 or 15 minutes i can predict what will happen and unfortunately most of the time i am right you know <laughs> And uh, it's boring. It's simply boring. Yeah. So we already were trying to break that kind of narration with our last film before EO, which was called 11 Minutes. Mm-hmm. We only partially succeed, but it was already a good first step made into that direction. Mm-hmm. Thinking about a new film, we got additional idea, which we believed it would even uh, help more to go further away from the linear nar- narration. If we tell the story of an animal character, possibly in the main part, that would be an ambitious task. Yeah. And... Um, of course, we realized that we would then eliminate the weakest part of the films, usually, which is a dialogue, not only sometimes badly written, but also badly performed, because mm-hmm. the actors tend to. Well, that's the thing about this movie is that it's so visual. The cinematography is absolutely transfixing all throughout use of color, use of wide-angle shots, and then also just the way that it it puts us in the perspective of EO. Um, I was really, really struck by the visual storytelling in this, and I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're, you're lifted. You're free of dialogue in most cases. Um, there are some human characters that EO does come across along the way where there is dialogue, was there ever a version of this story where there was even less like human characters and less dialogue, like almost a silent film almost, or was it always intended to have these human altercations? Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. 
So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. No, we treated those those human scenes like vignettes, you know, mm-hmm. like signals of what's going on between people, because usually we know those stories. We know the stories about people being jealous of each other or hating each other or feeling necessity to murder each other. Yeah. Explode somehow. So it is enough to have a glimpse of it, you know, maybe just a few minutes, and the rest the audience can fulfill with their own imagination. So the di- dialogue was dialogue was rather unimportant part of writing the script. Still, in the final editing, we were eliminating every unnecessary line because this is the film about donkey (laughs) and donkey doesn't speak the lines but instead of that my idea was that the music should fulfill the kind of inner monologue of the animal i love the soundscape in this movie the way that the music the sound and your editing too uh where you choose to cut certain scenes really really well done in terms of conveying that emotion like you said i i certainly felt it all throughout this and was really really struck by how bold some of the choices were well i must say i got my dream team with my collaborators finally i had a team of people whom I really trust and I was pushing them to have as much of creative input into the film as possible. Right. In my previous films, I was rather trying to be an auteur, you know, that everything practically was mine, you know, Mm -hmm. I was maybe even slightly selfish with my choices. Here is the different thing. Together with uh, my wife, Eva, who is, who is a co-writer, and she practically had written more than half of the script, and I encourage her to be as creative as possible, and even adding some additional details while we were shooting and then of course we already mentioned the the music composer Pavel Miketin who did phenomenal job and the DOP Michał Demek with whom we had a very specific way of working because of course I was encouraging him to do the most crazy things he can come up with. When he suggested something, I was saying, yes, but even more. (laughs) And he was taking big risks. 
and you know the DOPs don't like to take big risks mm-hmm. because it's easy to make a mistake, and if the mistake is used in the film, the whole blame comes on the DOP's shoulders, not on the on the silly choice by the director. <laughs> but we had a full trust, and Michal was really going into some very unorthodox shots. Yeah. And I was fair towards him, and I was making my choices only from the material which was absolutely perfect technically. <laughs> so he cannot be blamed for any any mistake. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, as a viewer, there are no mistakes. It's a gorgeous-looking movie, for sure. There have been a lot of comparisons made between your film and Robert Brisson's film, I, Hazar Balfazar. Just curious to know what your relationship is with that film, and do you see them as like companion pieces in a sort of way? What What's your own uh, feeling when people make that comparison uh, between those two films? I am an admirer of Robert Bresson's film. Mm-hmm. I tell you the little story, which you will perfectly illustrate what is my attitude towards that. Sure. It was in the year 1966 when Bresson made Azar Baltazar, and to my surprise, Cayede Cinema contacted me, asking me for the interview. And I was a very young film director who made only two films. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that interview was the fact that they were making the list of 10 best films of the year. And they said, we have to interview you because your film, Walkover, took the second place in the list of 10 best. So, of course, I asked, who is not number one? They told me, Bresson's Azar Baltazar. I immediately have seen the film. I love it. Mm -hmm. And... On the top of that, in the final scene, I had tears in my eyes. And that was the only time when it happened to me, never before, never after, that I was moved so much that I had wet eyes. Because normally, you know, I have this professional skrivenie, I, that I rather look how it is done than allow myself to be taken by the emotions of of certain scene. This time, Robert Bresson reduced me from a film director to the ordinary <laughs> viewer who paid for his ticket and got really involved and cried yeah so that was phenomenal lesson which i got from robert bresson and lesson called animal character can move the audience stronger than any human character being acted by the greatest actors but somehow subconsciously we know the actors act that they are not really dying 
but they are performing the death, sometimes phenomenally, but, you know, 10 minutes later, they, they go for coffee <laughs> with their colleagues, and somehow the effect is being lost by that conscious. While animals don't act, they don't know that they are in the film. Mm -hmm. So that was the lesson which I understood. And this is practically the only connection between those two films. It cannot be called a, a remake. It cannot be called even um, uh, adaptation or 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 uh, inspiration. If one would try to find the proper word, it may be called homage mm -hmm. to Robert Bresson because I really owe him that lesson which he gave me with the death of the of the animal character. That's very beautiful. And and I and I will tell you this, when I walked out of the theater after seeing this, I staggered, just like clutching my chest, holding on for dear life. I I really felt like I got rocked by this movie, uh, by the way that you took this donkey on its journey. Uh, showing humanity's highs and humanity's lows at its most beautiful and at its most ugly. What are you hoping that audiences take away after watching EO? Is it about appreciating the world's beauty, simplicity, complexity, animal rights, activism? What is it that we should be walking away with when, when we're finished watching EO? You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. I think all this what you said, and additionally, I believe that because we made this film really out of love for the animals. And we were trying to give the voice to the voiceless, mm -hmm. those who cannot defend themselves because they don't have a voice. And uh, I hope that somehow at least the part of the audience would receive the message that we tend, we human beings tend to mistreat the animals in a way that we don't treat them like living creatures. We treat them like objects, like things mm -hmm. which we can use, we can play with, we can explode. But eventually when they are not needed, we can get easy dispose of them and really almost throw them on the 
in the in the in the in the garbage yeah and and that's really terrible and it peaks with the facts that we tolerate so-called industrial pr meat production yeah which is really something it's a crime it's a crime it's a it's a shame for the human nation that such a such a thing is possible we all heard about the conditions on which those animals are being kept you know it's not a life you know it's a, it's a is a torture from the from the day one until last day of their life so-called life because those are not lives really right. they don't see the sky they don't see the the grass growing under their feet this is this is something which i personally protest as much as i can and if something would change on that field if at least a part of the audience would follow what we have done with Eva and myself, we reduce meat consumption of more than two thirds. And my crew, half of my crew stop eating meat completely. They become vegetarian. Wow. Because we felt so strong about the message we are trying to promote so if at least a part of the audience would follow maybe this this macabre thing like uh, industrial meat production would cease or would stop eventually that would be the greatest award i could receive for making this film well you've already received lots of praise lots of awards Hopefully in time, you're right, Jersey. Hopefully we can give you that award as well. Uh, all I can give you right now is my thanks for your time and also, too, for, once again, just another beautiful uh, film from you. Uh, what an amazing career that you've also had, and I'm just really glad that people are really appreciating uh, this movie from you and it being Poland's uh, selection for this year's international feature at the Academy Awards. I'm just really hoping for a, a long life for it because I think everything that you're talking about, it is very, very important and it is something that hopefully will carry on for future generations to come. Let's hope so. Let's hope so, especially that also what we said just before sounds gloomy and very serious. Mm -hmm. The film is full of humor and, and entertainment. And even has Isabel Huppert for a scene. <laughs> yes. So I think people which will go to the cinema and regardless the fact that the message is, is really serious, they will be entertained and, and they may tell their friends, go and see it. It's quite special. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you uh, once again. Really appreciate the time here, and I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Take care.
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer and director and producer for the new film EO, Jersey Skolomowski, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. EO is currently playing in limited release in New York from Janus Films, and is Poland's submission for Best International Feature at this year's Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For a $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.